Welcome to Radiate Church Online. We are so excited about what God is doing here at Radiate Church in Elgin, South Carolina. If you have a story that you would want to share about the impact that God has had on your life, you can share that story at youmatter@radiatechurch.net. Also, if you'd like to give, you can give by going to radiatechurch.net or you can give to our ministry by app. Now, let's prepare our hearts for a powerful message from God. So you guys ready to get started this morning? Awesome. Go ahead and turn in or on your Bibles to 2 Kings, 2 Kings chapter 4. And um, how many people do we have in the house that are not morning people? Anybody? You're not a morning person at all. Okay, how many people do we have in the house that are morning people? Like you're just, we'll pray that demonic activity out of your life later. Um, I just, man, I hate mornings. I, I just don't like to wake up, right? And so it takes me a while to wake up. So my best friend, especially on days like today, I, I've already, Pastor Travis walked into my green room earlier and he goes, I got to pound my second energy drink today. I'm feeling this time change. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so on days like today, coffee is my best friend. Is anybody with me in the house? We have coffee, coffee lovers, right? I've become a little bit of a coffee snob, a little bit, not on purpose, but a friend of mine introduced me to pour over coffee about two years ago and every other kind just kind of uh, isn't the same to me anymore and, and except Starbucks and that's because they put so much sugar in it you can't taste the coffee anyway right and that's my favorite so every Sunday morning I have a ritual I go to Starbucks I get a tall white chocolate mocha with two shots of espresso in it every Sunday morning I go get it on my way to church actually it's not on my way to church I have to go out of my way to get it and then come to church but I believe in one day I'm gonna pray in a Starbucks in Elgin South Carolina in the name of Jesus you know what I'm saying and, and I love coffee, and especially on those days, I'm the guy that I'll wake up at the last possible minute, and I'll push it by 30 seconds or so every single time, right? And so I'll, I'll push snooze, anybody with me two or three times in the morning, and just be like, maybe it'll turn off and my responsibilities will go away for the day, because I just want to wake up when I want to wake up. You know, I'm not good in the mornings, I'm just not. And it's especially hard whenever I have early flights or something like that, and i got to get on the plane at like 5 a.m. Like, first of all, I'm putting my life in jeopardy getting on a plane. Second of all, you're putting your life in jeopardy by scheduling it that early in the morning, you know. And, but when I need coffee the most, right, so when you want something more, whenever you want the most that you can drink or the most caffeine that you can get out of the coffee, what do you do? You get a bigger what? You get a bigger cup, right? And so a couple years ago, my, my kids got me this cup. It says Rad Dad on it. And that thing, y'all, I'm not exaggerating. That thing's about that big around. And it's about that tall. And, it's, and I've looked at them, and when they gave it to me, I was like, that's a pot right there. That's not a cup. That's a pot. And praise God for it. Uh, because when it's the rough mornings, I'll fill that bad boy up and drink it. Uh, somebody last week gave me a, a really nice like thermos to keep the coffee hot. And it's really a lot of coffee. And I'm like, praise God. You know what I'm saying? And so, But here's the thing. Most of us, uh, we live our lives in a spiritual sense like this. That we want a lot of something, but we'll give a little jar to fill it. It would be ridiculous for me to go uh, to Starbucks, right? And you can give them their cup and, and go fill this up. And I go, I want 40 ounces of coffee, but I'm giving you a 20-ounce cup. That'd be ridiculous. And most of us would look and go, yeah, that's stupid. Why would you do that? But most of us do that to God. I'm convinced that part of the reason, a main reason, that we never see God do something greater than what we currently see is because we give him a 16-ounce cup and ask him for 40 ounces of miracle. And so we're sitting there and we're going, hey, God, like our prayers, I said this in the first service, I'll say it again, our prayers are bold, but our life is timid. 
We'll boldly ask God, God, I want you to do this and do that and blah, 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 but don't change anything about me. Don't change anything about me. I can't create more. And so today my heart is this, and I want you, if you're taking notes, we're in week two of Go Big or Go Home, and I want you to title it this, Get More Jars, because I'm telling you, if we'll set more jars out, God will fill them, and you'll see God do more in your life than you ever thought possible. And the reason is, is because we're giving him room to do it. The, the problem is, is most of us will ask God to do something that we don't give him room to do. God changed my life, but not really. I don't want you to change my life. What I really mean is I just want goosebumps when I'm sitting in church on Sunday morning. God, teach me how to worship. I don't mean teach me how to worship Monday through Saturday. I mean teach me how to jump up and down and raise my hands like everybody on my row on Sunday mornings. God, teach me how to draw closer to you, but I don't mean like don't teach me how to do that through serving. Just teach me how to do that when it's convenient. So we'll ask God to do, are you with me? You can tell where this is going today. And I, I just feel like some of what I need to tell you today is this. It's not that your prayers are bad. It's that your faith is low. And you're not setting out enough for God to do anything in your life. You're just hoping that he looks at you and has mercy on your soul and hopes that in some way, shape, or form, he performs a miracle that you're not capable of handling. Hey, God, don't stretch me to the point to where i got to give up an addiction to grow closer to you. I'd rather be addicted to what I've always done for 25 years in my life and you draw me closer. Can I tell you something? If we don't set out the jars for God to fill, he's going to look at us and go, why didn't you believe more? Because we can talk a big game, can't we? God, I'm believing you for this. God, I'm believing you to do this in my church. God, I'm believing you to do this in my family. The hard part comes when I got to actually live it out. Because when I'm in my private prayer closet, it's easy to go, God, I'm so sorry. Do you know what repent? I'm going somewhere today. Do you know what repentance is? Repentance is not an apology. That's an apology. Repentance is whenever you're sorry for something and you change it. Repentance means turning away from. Not to looking at and going, I'm really sorry I did that, but I'm going to do it again tomorrow morning. That's why it says repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. In other words, repent, be sorry for what you've done and turn away from it because the kingdom of God is over here, not over there. And you're facing this direction, but God's facing this direction. And until you turn to face him, you won't get the fullness of his glory. Many of us have an issue with repentance because we think it's just an I'm sorry and it's not. That's why we look at our spouses a lot and we go, I'm sorry, it's not good enough. you got to show me. But when God says it to us, he's being mean. But I can expect it. Is anybody? Come on. It's okay. It's okay for me to expect you to change your personality or your, 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 your living for me. But it's not okay for God to do it. And part of it is, I'm just telling you, like this is hard today, but I, this is a life-changing word for me. This has changed my life over the years. The truth of the matter is, it's not what I say to God that does anything. It's what I live towards God that does everything. And I want to read 2 Kings 4, 1 through 7 again with you today, but we're really going to hone in on verse 3. But I want to read the whole story, and by the end of this series, you're going to be able to repeat this story by memory. I had a guy tell me this week, he said, man, I've read the story this week five times. He said, because I just want God to show me what's in there that I need to do. And you know what I said? I was like, dang, that right there. That's powerful right there, because if you get it down in you, God can do something through you. Come on, somebody. Hide the word in your heart. But 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1 through 7 says this. Y'all ready? Now, a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord. 
and the creditor has come to take my two children to be his slaves. And Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. That was our whole text last week, the first two verses. Verse 3, then he said, go, borrow vessels at large for yourselves, for yourself from all your neighbors, even empty vessels. Do not get a few. And you shall go in and shut the door behind you and your sons and pour out into all these vessels and you shall set aside what is full. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons and they were bringing the vessels to her and she poured. When the vessels were full, she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not one vessel more. And the oil stopped. Then she came and told the man of God and he said, go, sell the oil and pay your debt and you and your sons can live on the rest. Father, I pray that these would not be words that we read today, but they would be life transformation. God, that we would not be filled with information, but we would be transformed by revelation uh, from you today. God, I just pray that something would shift in our lives. In your name, amen. I'm here to tell you something. This story, 2 Kings 4, 1 through 7, has changed my life more than any other story in the Bible. Over the past several years, I have dug into this and dug into this. It has changed the way I love. It has changed the way I lead. It has changed the way I live. It has changed the way I do everything in my life. Because there are principles in this thing that can teach us that if I believe more, I will see more. If I believe God for more, if I increase my faith, if I increase my capacity, if I increase these things, I'll see God do more. In fact, I, I'm writing a book on this right now that a publisher is looking at because the simple fact is, is that I believe it is so powerful that if all of us, if everybody that calls Jesus our Lord would put this into action, I'm telling you, we would see things that we've looked at other countries and saw and other churches and saw and wondered how do they get there. And it's simply this. It's because you live your life at a capacity that God fills. And so there's three uh, formulas, if you will, three things, if you will, in this uh, verse 3 that I believe if we will do these things and understand the power behind these statements, it'll change something. The first one is this. He says in there, he says, go get, uh, go borrow vessels at large from all your neighbors, even empty vessels. Do not get a few. Empty vessels. I want to give you this thought today, and this is going to be so groundbreaking that it's going to change your mind, uh, your life. You ready? God can't fill what's already filled. Many of us go to God and we're begging God to fill our lives. God, fill my life. Fill my life. God, I want you to fill me with your presence. And he's going, I would, but you're filled with your ego. God, show me what your plan for my life is. And he's going, I'm trying, but you're more concerned with your plan. Most of us, we're going to God with a life, with a, with, with a vessel that's completely full with everything that we want, everything that we desire. We're chasing the, the, the American dream of climbing the corporate ladder and making $200,000 plus a year and getting all this authority and getting all, this, all these things. And we're, we're doing all that. And none of that's bad if it's from God. The problem is, is we can't go to God and say, hey, I want you to fill me, but I don't want you to move anything out of me. It's ridiculous to go to any, it would be ridiculous. I've already stated this, to go to a restaurant and go, I want 40 ounces of drink in a 20 ounce cup. What if I went to Circle K after, after church today and I walked in with a full cup of Coke, right? And I go to the, to, the, um, to the fountain machine and I go to fill it up. What's gonna happen? It's gonna create a mess. I'm gonna get sticky, it's gonna be disgusting, it's gonna be nasty, and somebody else has gotta come clean up my mess. Why? Because I wasn't willing to get rid of what was in the cup to fill it with something new. 
And I want God to come behind me all the time and fill up my mess because I'm not willing to get rid of my stuff, but I want him to keep filling me. And so now he's got to come up and we're being selfish by asking God, hey, I know that I'm in a bad situation and I put myself there because I wouldn't get rid of something, but will you keep filling me? And I, th I think eventually God goes, I'm not your janitor, I'm your savior. I'm tired of cleaning up your mess whenever I've already told you how to get through it. Anybody out there today? In, in fact, in, in John chapter 3, verse 30, it, it, it says it like this. I love this. It's so simple. It's so easy. You'll be able to remember it right off the bat. He must increase, but I must what? Decrease. In other words, he can't fill me until I empty of myself. I've got to get, listen, you've got to understand, your vision for your life is not greater than his vision for your life. It's not. It never will be, never can be. And so many of us are looking like this. This is our life and we're full and all this stuff and we come to church and we have an encounter, we have an experience with God that is great and awesome and mighty and terrific and all these amazing things are taking place, right? And we say, God, fill me, God, fill me, God, fill me. And here's what happens. And we have to be willing to let this happen. As God pours out his spirit and his presence and his ability in us, it begins to fill. And before we know it, the more time we spend praying, the more time we spend worshiping, the more time we spend in life groups, the more time we spend in his word, things start falling out of our lives that have been there for years. And things begin shifting and things begin changing. And we're like, okay, this is good. And God's going, wait, 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 wait. But I'm not done yet. I'm not even finished yet. I just got started with you. And the more he pours, the more that's in us begins to fall out because we can't be in a place to where he's trying to fill. Come on. It's got to be emptied before it's actually filled. And the more he pours in, the more we, what, fall out. For you to increase, I must decrease. God, we've got to come to a place. And here's part of the problem I am convinced with the Christian culture today. We are more convinced about what we get from something than what we give to him. And so we look at God and we go, hey, God, I've got all this stuff in my life right here. I need you to fill me around this. I just had a kid. I just got married. I've got all these financial obligations. God, I need you to bless me financially around my disobedience from tithe. Anybody with me? God, I got all this, I got all this to do. I got, a, I got a job and I got all these things and I'm tired and my spirit is weak and all these things. And I know that your word says that you are made strong in my weakness. God, I know all that stuff, but I need you to bless me around my disobedience from serving your kingdom. Anybody? Hey God, I, I, know, I know that I should spend more time talking to you and about you than I do other people. Then, but the reality is, God, I need you to bless me around my disobedience of gossip. I know, it's getting, it's getting heavy in here, ain't it? Look at your neighbor and say, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. Listen, because here's the thing. If I don't call it out, we never grow. I'm tired of looking at people and going, I wish something would change, but nobody will call me up from my, my place of poverty-minded, negative-minded disobedience in God. I'm sick of that junk. Why do we want, why do we want to play patty cake with the kingdom, but we'll get worked up about the politics? Come on, don't get mad. Let's get real. I'd rather, I'd rather get worked up about the kingdom of God than who's in the White House. 
I'd rather get worked up about the kingdom of God than what's in my bank account. I, you know what I'm saying? I'm preaching today. The truth of the matter is the more he pours, the more I've got to come out or else he will stop pouring. He will stop pouring. Let me show you what his will is for our life. In Psalm chapter 23, verse 5, it says it this way. You probably remember the 23rd Psalm, but it says this. It says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Most of us will look and go, oh, man, that's so good. I got people that hate me, and I'm going to sit, and I'm going to eat of his goodness in, the, in their presence. What if they're sitting in your presence eating, and you're watching them? What if you're the enemy that you think they are? You better take inventory of your house. Go back and watch last week. But he says this. He says this. You have anointed my head with oil. In other words, he looks at the Lord and says, Lord, you have anointed me. You have set me apart. You have, you have equipped me and empowered me to make a difference. You have anointed my head with oil and my cup overflows. Let me tell you something about a cup that overflows. When this began to overflow, you can look. There are ping pong balls on the floor, on the table, on the stage. They're all over the place. Do you know why? Because it began to overflow. When something overflows, it touches things around it. So when God says, I want to anoint you and overflow in your life, he's looking at you and going, I want to fill you to the point that everybody that's closest to you knows that you're anointed. I want to fill you to the point that when you overflow, you can't walk in a room without it changing. And here's the thing. I want to ask you this question. Because that sounds good. But I'm going to turn it inward, right? I, got, I do this in my life. Who am I impacting with what God's doing in me? Is God just doing something in me or is he doing something through me? Because if he's only doing something in me, if I'm only worried about the prayer that I get, if I'm only worried about the sermon that I hear, if I'm only worried about the blessing that I receive, if I'm only worried about what he's pouring into me, can I tell you something? I'm worshiping self. Because I'm more worried about what God's doing in me than what he's doing through me. You are not called to serve the kingdom of God for you. Come on, I need to say that again. You were never called to serve the kingdom of God for you. Many of us go, I can't serve because I'm tired. Good. It's not about you anyway. It's about everybody that overflow, that overflow out of your life that you're connected to, that you're touching today. Listen, y'all think I, I feel like getting up here and preaching every Sunday? Dude, I got a pacemaker and a heart condition that I've had for 12 years. Some Sundays I get up and I don't even want to get up. And I got to conjure something up. Y'all like, really? Yes. You know what I preach from? The overflow of what God's doing in me. Because it's not about me. It's about what he's pouring into me so that it can impact you. But issue, here's the issue. Here's burnout. You ready for burnout? Here's what burnout is. I'm not allowing anything to be filled in me. But I'm going to try to pour everything out of me, and I'm going to get mad at God because I hadn't allowed him to pour in, and I got nothing left to pour out. Or we look and go, hey, God, pour in, but I'll never give you an outlet. You know what that's called? The Dead Sea. Don't be a Dead Sea. Let God pour in, but let something come out so that when it overflows, everybody you shake hands with goes, good grief, I just walked out of the presence of something crazy in this place. And some of you go, well, that's arrogant. No, it's not, because it ain't about you. It's about God, and it's the spirit in you that changes everything around you and through you. It ain't you. It ain't got nothing to do with you. It's got everything to do with him. I, listen, I told you this is going to change some things. And so we've got we've to bring empty vessels. Stop bringing vessels that are already full. Yeah. 
Hey, God, I, I really want you to fill me. And many of us walk through life, hear me, many of us walk through life and we're filled, but we're never fulfilled. We're filled with obligations. We're filled with feelings. We're filled with highs that prescription medicines give us. We're filled with highs that relationships give us. Do you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you something, and this is crazy. Listen, did you know that on social media, I just feel like I need to go down this road for a minute. Do you know that whenever you get on social media, that it is proven scientifically that when there's a like, a retweet, or a double tap on Instagram, listen, that it releases a dopamine in your brain that is the same as crack? That's why people are so doggone addicted to social media that they'll do anything and use seven filters just to get a like on an Instagram post, but they won't get down in their private place and get in touch with God because they're addicted to the feeling of dopamine more than they are the presence of God. Come on, listen to me. We're filled with intention and with desire, but we're never fulfilled because Jesus is the only one that can fulfill anything. What if we started a challenge instead of a challenge of, of putting ourselves out there that look the best? What if we just started taking pictures of our real life? I'm talking about your kids screaming in the middle of the floor because they don't want to put on clothes. I'm talking about, y'all, we take pictures of our food and put it on Instagram. It's like, oh my gosh, that came right out of a magazine. What about the box of fruity pebbles you dropped on the floor that morning? <laughs> we're filled. Many of us are filled. But the reason we're never fulfilled and we keep trying to fill ourselves with other things and more and more and more and more, and they call these things gateway drugs and all this other stuff. Do you know why? Because we're filled with so much, but we're never fulfilled until the presence of Jesus comes in and does something through us and gets rid of this kind of stuff. And i got to get rid of it. So he said, bring me some empty vessels. Are you with me today? Is this helping you? The second one is this. It says, from all of your neighbors. I thought that was an interesting part of the message because, or the, the, the story because what does the neighbors have to do anything? And here's the thing. One of our values at Radiate Church is this. We don't do life alone. We do life together. And here's why. Because there's relationships that we need, that we desire, that we have to have, that God has ordained for us to have. And so we have life groups and we have teams to serve on. And everybody we're connected to can bring something to the table to set it up there to where God can begin to change something in their life and begin to shift something in their life. And they're adding value because we're talking about the frustrations and the struggles and the temptations and the heartbreaks and the heartaches. And now I'm looking and I'm going, I'm not doing this alone Austin struggles with that and here's the thing like the more that they bring look what happens watch 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 God now goes man you know what that relationship you got I can start to feel it come on Mark just go ahead and put it up there I can feel it and God's going I'm feeling that one. Oh man you got another one up there that one's teaching you about financial responsibility oh my gosh this one's teaching you about parenting oh man marriage oh let's go oh serving let's go back over here oh finances this one's teaching you you see what I'm saying God's got more to fill because the relationships that I'm connected to are helping me grow to a level that I've never been to. And so now I'm being held accountable to what I know and my impact is increasing and my capacity is increasing. And God's going, I'm so proud of the relationships that you've got. It says from your neighbors. Come on. How many people are you connected to that could be a, a vessel for you in your life to grow capacity from? But we just look at them and we're just like, I hope one day. Can I tell you something crazy? Your relationships are not in your life for entertainment. They're in your life for capacity. And you are not a relationship for somebody else for entertainment. You're not just there to make them laugh. 
You're there to create capacity in their life. And here's what I want you to notice. Like, we went from one jar, like God's poured in and changing me, and that's great, right? But now instead of filling one thing, he's filling 11 different things because now through the relationships I've got with him, everything is shifting. There's more capacity. There's more room. There's more growth. God can do more through the 11 than one because there's something happening in this place. I get connected to a life group and now all of a sudden I got some room for God to just transform something. Like my marriage is going through hell. But listen, this person right here is teaching me about marriage and because of that... God's filling it. Listen, my relationships are crap. My budget sucks. Nothing meets. All this stuff. Oh, wait. This person is teaching me how to do that. Heck yeah. I got a jar now that God can fill. Come on, anybody. And here's what I look at this. Look at this and look up here. Every jar looks different. It's a different shape. It's a different color. It's a different design. It holds a different capacity because no relationship is ever the same. Listen, I'm here to tell you something. Listen, here's part of the issue in the Christian culture, in our county, and in this world today. It's this. We will write off a jar that God has put in our life by the way they look, by the color of their skin, by the way they talk, by the life they live, by the things they've done and the baggage they carry. God is a variety God. He's a multicultural, multi-ethnic, multi-generational God. He is not limited by what you look like. He's limited by what you put out. Religion has taught us this. If you don't look the same as my church, you aren't welcome here. Forget that junk. Walk up in my church and see what happens. You didn't vote for the same person I voted for. Forget that. I don't care. Jesus is king. They ain't. It's going to change in four to eight years anyway. Four to eight, not 48. That's where we're taught, man. Man, I've had people that look at me. I've gone to preach in their church. And they've looked at me and said this. Now, pastor, I know the church you come from is really energetic. And, and you guys make noise. I'm like, yeah, we do. They're like, I know y'all clap, stand and clap. I know y'all, amen. I know you jump during worship and raise your hands, right? And I'm like, yeah, I do. You're right. Because I'm more focused on what's fell out of my life. And I'm thankful for what he, what he pulled me out of, not what he hasn't done yet. And, they, and they've looked at me and they've said this, if you could hear, it'll freak our people out. And I'm like, okay. I mean, I get it. I freak a lot of people out. But can I tell you something? When the kingdom stops looking like the kingdom, you're not going to walk into heaven and be around people that look just like you. Here's the power of this thing. Whenever I go, hey, Gregory, you're an awesome guy, man. You are awesome. Gregory really is an awesome dude. And, and, and he is just an incredible dude. He's like, I'll, I'll clap to that. It's <laughs> part of the reason I love Gregory right there. <laughs> Not to toot my own horn, but toot, toot. Um, <laughs> but when I connect with Gregory... Now there's a vessel between both of us that are shared that God can fill because we're teaching each other something, right? There's never a relationship in your life that's not both ways. You can always learn something even from the greatest mentors in your life. 
You can teach them something, even the greatest mentors in your life, right? So if it's us and we're connected, right? Put my hand on his shoulder, we're connected, God's feeling something, and then he meets Amy. And so he puts his, his hand on Amy's shoulder. Now we've gone from one to two to three. And then you start going, hey, they're connected to people we don't even know. And so then you add, let's say 10 and let's say 15 right here. Then you've got 25 more connected to the three. You've got 28 people that God's beginning to fill through a relationship that happened through a life group. So it's me and Gregory and Amy. Amy meets Elizabeth. Elizabeth meets Aaron. Aaron meets Malia. Malia meets Ashley. Ashley meets Mark. Mark meets Shemaiah. Shemaiah meets Stephanie. Stephanie meets Austin. And now all of a sudden you got several hundred people represented up here that God's doing something through because I don't care what you look like. Come on. She said from your neighbors, you got to have a connection. Listen, she had to have some kind of relationship. I can't ask somebody to do something if I won't go meet them. I can't walk up to Ashley and just stare at her and here go, oh, you need a vase? Okay, here you go. Here's a jar. I got to look at her and go, hey, my name's Brandon. It's nice to meet you. You're great. I need a jar. And she's like, sure, absolutely. I got some empty ones over here you can use. Here's the thing. Many of us would rather stay in our Christian bubbles and pray that somebody else gets uncomfortable to go reach people than to get out in the community that we're afraid of. Come on now. We've got to set this thing out. I'd rather, uh, I'd rather you sacrificially give to the ministry that God's doing in this county than me sacrificially give because it's uncomfortable for me. I'd rather, I'd rather pray for him and never meet him than to walk up and get to know him. Man, I pray for that kid. I hope one day somebody tells him about Jesus and he accepts Jesus into his life. What if God's sitting there going... Hey, I connected y'all on purpose. Walk over to him, tell him your name, get his story, tell him your story, and then tell him about how I saved your life. And there's a revelation of what God's doing in his life, in him. You with me? Go get it from your neighbors. I'm tired of hoping that churches conform to every other thing. The kingdom is supposed to look different. It's supposed to be multicultural, multi-ethnic, multi-generational. I'm tired of people like Mark getting pushed to the side over here in churches because of his age. You know what the bottom line is? I need the wisdom this man's got. I need the love this man's got. He's a jar in my life that God needs to fill to teach me something. Doesn't matter about that. You guys can have a seat. Y'all give them a, a hand this morning. Man, here's the deal, right? You got to pay for relationships. You got to pay something for a relationship. It's a transaction. I fly out early tomorrow morning to go to Oklahoma City for the week on my wife's birthday. We talked about it. Y'all freaking out. I just saw some faces like, oh my goodness. She's cool with it. You know why? Because there's relationships there that are empty jars for me that I need to get connected to because I got to learn something. Because I'll never go to the next level until I put out the jars to get there. Everything in your life is a jar. Let me give you this thought. It's going to pop up on the screen. God doesn't want us at the table alone. I love how Pastor Travis, during giving, he said, because of your sacrificial giving and your obedience and consistency in tithe, we saw three people come to the kingdom last week, cross over from death to life through Jesus last week. Yeah, you can celebrate that again. I love how he said that. Here's why. Because a lot of times we can think, well, I'm just giving my tithe just because. And when I get mad at what you do, I'm going to hold it. What if you, what you're holding is holding back somebody else's salvation? 
In fact, let me put it this way. What if your obedience to giving is holding back what God wants to do in your life? What if that is the jar where God's going, I'd love, love, love to give you more, but you're not setting out the jars. You with me today? God doesn't want us at the table alone. God wants us at the table with people. He doesn't want us to enter the kingdom and look at him and go, hey, I'm here. He wants us to party with people we brought with us. Listen, it's not a party if you're by yourself. It's just a lonely person trying to be cool. By myself, I try to learn how to do those dances. I See, I can't even... Turn the music up. I can't even kick my foot on beat. And you know what? Here, here's the deal. Many of us, we want to get to heaven. We just don't want to party with anybody when we get there. I just want to make sure I got a bed reserved. What if our disobedience is literally looking at people and saying, go to hell? not putting out enough jars of faith we're looking at Kershaw County and going I'm good with 500 plus right here and the rest of you can go to hell you realize some of you are like I can't believe you said that but we say it with our lives every day gotta set out gotta set out the jars God wants to fill people not things God don't want to fill your new truck he wants to fill your soul the last thing he says in here, and I'm closing on this. He says, do not get a few. He says, do not get a few. One translation says, go borrow vessels at large. <clears throat> if you skip to the end of the story, we'll talk a little bit about this next week. But if you get to the end of the story and you skip there and you see that the oil actually stopped flowing. But the only reason it stopped flowing is because of the realization that they had no more jars. She ran out of capacity to hold what God wanted to do. And here's the thing about God. you got to know this. Many of us will teach that God will do anything, and he will. But God will not waste his blessing on the floor. He's not going to pour it on the floor. He's got to have something or someone that can hold it. <clears throat> and how many of us are praying a 16 by 20 vision in a 4 by 8 frame? How ridiculous would it be for me to go ask for a life-size portrait of me and my family and I take them a four by eight frame and say, put it in this. You guys would be like, that'll fit your nostril. That's ridiculous, Pastor. That's ridiculous. The people at the store would be like, you are crazy. You need to go get checked out. But internally and spiritually, Oftentimes, Christians will go, God, I want you to use me to change this county and change this community. I want you to fill me beyond anything out of control. And then the moment he starts to do it, we're like, I just don't know about that. God, I can't commit to that because of what happened to me 10 years ago. What if we stopped holding on to this and we started making room for this and this? And we started seeing everything as a capacity level that God wants to fill.
I'll, I'll give you this thought today to end on. You'll encounter exactly what you experience, expect. You'll encounter what you expect. If I look at God and I say, God, I want you to do great things in my life, but I never put out the capacity. I never change my mind. I never change my thinking, my spirit, the way that I worship, the way that I pray, the way that, the way that I word, uh, read the word, all those things. If I never change any of that and I continue doing the same thing I've always done, but I'm praying bigger thoughts, I'm looking at God and I'm going, hey, I want you to clean up my mess because you're about to overflow everything. And the problem is, is whenever you overflow, it's not going to be of you, it's going to be of me. And it's going to create this mess and it's going to be nasty and it's going to be disgusting. And I'm not changing anything about me. And God goes, well, you're not creating capacity. I'm not pouring out because I'm not wasting it on the floor. That's why many of us are praying things and asking God where the blessing is. And God's going, I've got it in my hand. The problem is, is you ain't got it in your heart yet. Well, God said that I have not because I ask not. He says the desires of my heart, he will make happen. Yeah, when our heart lines up with his will. Go read the rest of the scripture. Stop nitpicking what fits your agenda and theology and listen to what he wants. You with me today? I know. Y'all are like, man, what got into him? Here's the thing. We play patty cake with this stuff. And then we want God to do something in our marriage. We want God to do something in our lives. We want God to do... Many of you are praying for this church, and I appreciate that. I want you to pray and set out jars and quit just praying. I want you to serve, not for me, for you. Because God does amazing things when you're connected. I want you to get in a life group, not for me, for you. Because nobody sees those numbers but me. Got nothing to do with that. You with me? Counter what you expect. How many of us are expecting something bigger of God than we're willing to grow? And here's the greatest, the, I'm, the greatest issue many of us have with this is up here. We will only move to the place in which we've encountered. And we will never try to learn anything outside of that. I don't like the way you do this and the way you do that. And then when you start to have the conversation, and I'm fine with people that don't like the way we do things, but when I get down to the conversation, most of the times, you know why? Well, I didn't grow up like that. Maybe that's a good thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, why do you give like that? Because God told me to. Well, I didn't grow up learning that. Okay. Bible tells me to. You see what I'm saying? Like, many of us are so small thinking. And we're scared anytime our capacity is stretched outside of what we've already known. You know why I love going to places like Oklahoma City and Chattanooga, Tennessee and Fredericksburg, Virginia and Florida and getting on the phone with these guys? You know why? Because it hurts. You know why it hurts? Because they're telling me things I've never thought about. I can't tell you how many phone conversations I got off and been like, I never thought about that. I'm pretty stupid. And God's like, no, you don't know what you don't know. But now that you know, you can do something about it. Go big or go home. Let's believe. I don't know about you, but we're a church over 500 in Kershaw County, South Carolina. And I don't know about you, but this ain't the end. I just believe God can do something bigger than we ever thought possible if we'll set out some jars that'll challenge some things in us so that he's not just doing it in us, but he's doing it what? Through us. Because isn't that the goal? To get more jars to see God do more things. And so I'm just telling you, 
I'm just putting this disclaimer out. Radiate Church in 2019, we're putting out some jars that are going to freak you out. I'm just telling you, I'm going to put out jars that are going to scare you to death. I'm going to put out jars, let me put it this way, that are going to scare me to death. I'm going to put out jars, and here's why. Y'all may be like, that's because you're just crazy like that. No, it's because I just believe that if I put out the jars, God's anointing will fill it. And if I put out another jar, he'll fill that one. And another jar, and he'll fill that one. And that one, 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 and that one. And why? Because he is God and he can do it. If he's called me to it, he'll bring me through it and he'll make it happen. So if you would, just stand to your feet with me today. And we're not, I'm not going to ask you to close your eyes because who cares? We're going to change some thinking in this place today. You with me? And I'm going to watch God do something. If you're in this room and you're like, you know what, Pastor, that's good, man, that's good. And I need God to challenge me. I need God to fill me to get rid of some of this junk. I want to change my thinking. I want to change my mentality. I want to hand him everything that I've got. I want to be a vessel for somebody and somebody be a vessel for me. I want to be filled. I want all these things. If that's you in this house, would you throw both your hands up in the air right now, just like you're worshiping and surrendering everything you've got to him and symbolically saying, God, I'm here and I'm yours. Fill me. God, right now we are declaring that we are vessels in this place. We are vessels that need and want to be filled by you. We're tired of the same thing. We're tired of the same frustrations. We're tired to seeing the same stuff. We're ready to say, stretch me, challenge me, make me behold, God. Fulfill me, Jesus. Pour out of me, God. Help me decrease. Whatever in me needs to come out, God, let it come out. Let it come out. Let me be obedient to your word. Even the most simple things of prayer and tithe and giving and, and, and worship. Let me be obedient to those things. But let me also be obedient to the hard things where I got to step out on the waters that are deeper than I am. And I'm scared to death. But God, I know that you're going to fill it. God, show me who I need to reach out to. Show me connections I need to build. Show me the jars you're beginning to fill. I declare that right now the spirit of God is beginning to reign in somebody. And addictions are being broken. Anxiety is being broken because it's falling out of you because he's coming into you. Jesus, we declare that things are shifting in this place today. Things are shifting in this place. And God, I thank you that you look in me and you see something greater in me than I could ever see in myself. And I'm grateful that you're doing something that miraculous and we will embrace the uncomfortable to do it. God, we honor you and praise you. And if you believe Jesus is doing something miraculous in this house, will you make some noise and celebrate this morning?